Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is Dean Jay. Dean is a former shy guy and creator of Conversation Skills Core, a website dedicated to helping the shy, awkward, insecure, and introverted become more outgoing and confident. Thank you so much, Dean, for coming on the show today. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Can you tell me more about your background, the things that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, the website is is really where I, I work through most, and I just help people that come to me who are, just like you said, they're kind of overly introverted, they're shy, they're uncertain of themselves socially. And, uh, you know, really, I got started with it out of necessity, really, because I, I dealt with all the same issues myself. And it, there's a point in college where it really started me down this road of, of trying to figure it out for myself. I mean, I remember this class that I had. I actually loved the class. It was a creative writing class that I, that I had in college. And it was probably my second semester of my first year, I think. And I'd had troubles with being social and kind of knowing what to say, coming all across well to people since really the middle of grade school. You know, I was always the guy that was the, the odd person out, the guy that was picked on, the guy that was teased and stuff, you know, people saying, you know, what's wrong with you? You're an idiot and those types of things. And I think it kind of, I took it to heart and I started to believe that type of stuff myself, but it continued into college. And I remember this class that I had, uh, it was a small class. It was like 12 people in the class. Right. And everyone throughout the semester in that class, they all started to kind of bond and get closer, but I was still that one guy out of the 12 that you know, before and after class, when they were kind of just hanging out and talking, I would have my nose in my books, right? Like pretending I had something important to do. <laughs> really, I, I, would, I did want to talk to the people, but didn't, um, didn't know what to say. And uh, we discussed our writing and stuff in the creative writing class, and I was fine doing that. But as soon as it got out of that structure, that's when I started to have trouble, when it was just casual chat. And I remember one week I came into the class after the weekend, and everyone was, they were really just talking with each other a lot more. They were laughing together, joking together a lot more than normal. And when I started to listen in to what, you know, they were talking about, I, I started to figure out that one of the guys in that class of 12 people had thrown a party at his house and everyone had been invited except me, right? So I was, the, I was just a small class of 12 people. I was the only one they didn't invite. Because I just, you know, I never talked to them. I, I wasn't their friend. And it was, it was really embarrassing. It was really kind of depressing at the time. But that was really the, the impetus to say, okay, what, how am I going to fix this? You know, how am I going to get this better in my life? Everybody who's listening to this can probably relate to that experience at one point in their life or another. But when it happens consistently, it can have a serious effect on a person's self-esteem. And so like, I, I think that the, th the story, I think a lot of people can relate to. Can you, you talk a little bit about the difference between introversion and shyness? What are the things that you learned about these two things and, and how did you overcome them? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good question because, um, I mean, one of the things that I helped me to get better was I studied a lot of the, the social psychology and stuff behind it. And the thing is about introversion and shyness, a lot of people 
when they're talking about it, either in self-help or even some of the courses and stuff I've gotten, they either use them interchangeably and you, you really, they're not the same thing. And uh, it actually, it's a bad thing because I think it confuses a lot of guys. It confused me for a long time. And, you know, I can't blame anybody for getting it wrong because I, I got it, <laughs> I kind of got them mixed up for the longest time too. But really like introversion is more of, it's a way you're born. It's, it's really a, a personality trait. And it's, it's just a preference that you have. It's, it's the inclination to want to be on your own more often than you're, you're wanting to be social. And it's, you know, just wanting to be in your own, with your own thoughts and kind of in the world of ideas and, and, and things like that. That's where an introvert feels more comfortable. And it's where we, and I consider myself an introvert. I don't know about you, but yeah, I'm like very much. I've talked about this lots of times in the, in the podcast. Although I can walk into a room and talk to anybody, I, I spend a lot of time like reading, uh, writing, drawing. Yeah. Um, I spend a lot of time kind of in reflection. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's kind of the world of the introvert. And for us, that really, it juices us up, right? It recharges us. That's where we, we get our energy. Um, extroverts are on the other side of it, right? They, they get their energy. They recharge by being social. And so that's why you'll often hear, you know, if someone says, ah, you know, if they're being social and they're at a party or something, like, I just need to go get some fresh air. I need to recharge my batteries. That's, that's a classic introvert thing. You know, we just, I often find myself just going outside or, you know, saying a few more minutes in the bathroom than I need to, you know, just to kind of recharge myself. And it, the thing is, it's not all or nothing. You know, like introverts don't, always want to be alone. We also like to be social and extroverts don't always like to be social. They also like alone time. It's a spectrum, right? And no one's all the way an introvert. No one's all the way an extrovert. We all have qualities of both, but it's really, it's, it's, you know, it's something that you're born with. Um, and it's not something that you want to get rid of because I think what people, where people make the mistake is they confuse introversion with shyness because shyness is fear-based. You know, it's, they're similar in that shy people and introverted people do tend to spend more time alone. But whereas an introvert, you know, they, they prefer that time alone. They want that time alone. A shy person, they, they want to be more social, but they don't feel able to, you know, it's, they, they have that fear of rejection where they're worried, Oh God, if I go talk to this, this guy, this girl, you know, what's, what are they going to say? It's not going to go well. Uh, what, what's the right thing to say so that they'll like me. And so that's what starts to come in with with shyness and you know i think it, it it's a bad confusion because because people think that introversion is bad they think oh god i need a i need to stop being introverted i need to be an extrovert so they feel like they always need to be social and always need to be outgoing and that you know it's bad to want that alone time but it you know it's really not the case being introverted is fine it's just different right it's just different than being an extrovert what people really want to get over is the the shyness no, it makes sense. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It, 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 it actually also makes me think of some of these other conversations that I've had through like, on the course of these podcasts where um, people talk a lot about the idea of kind of Eastern and Western ph philosophies, doing things and then taking time to reflect, uh, reflect on them or meditate. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and like, and consistently, regardless of your personality type. Um, and I, I think that you're right. I think people have tendencies towards each, but we need time for both. So um, yeah. that's like a really great, a great observation. Um, 
how can a person who wants to become kind of more outgoing work through either their intro in their week work through um kind of periods of like prolonged introversion or work through their shyness to kind of develop a, a stronger sense of self-confidence especially in social situations yeah well I, I really like the way you just said it because that's that's really the way to look at it is that you know working through it because i think uh in my experience the thing that holds people back the most uh from becoming more confident is they they think about it in the wrong way you know there's a kind of a misunderstanding about it and because you know you, you always hear the advice just be just be confident right you know people tell guys will say like what you know how do i do this how do i go talk to this girl how do i and sometimes the advice will be just be confident just act confident you know that's all you need to do and it's not wrong <laughs> you know but it's it's not very actionable but i think when you know and i i heard that so much when i was trying to get better that it made me believe it's something you can just switch on right like i should be able to just be confident i should be able to like convince myself to be confident and i think that holds a lot of people back because that's really not the way it works you can't just say all right i'm i'm going to go out tonight and i'm going to be confident when you know i see that attractive woman over there i see the that that successful group of of people that i've been wanting to talk to i'm just tonight's going to be the night that i'm going to be confident and make it work really confidence is confidence is certainty right it, the the reason you're confident in something is because you're certain in your ability to to do it so if you think about uh i don't know let's say riding a bike um most people listening to this are probably fairly confident riding a bike you know a lot of us have been doing it since we were a kid so you you're fairly certain that when you get on that bike and start pedaling you're going to go and you're not going to fall down and the reason we're certain is because why we we've done it for so long right you know we've gotten on a bike plenty of times we've fallen down a lot sure when we were kids but we stuck with it and we got the hang of it and really that's that's what confidence is you know it's just sticking some with something long enough until you develop that certainty that you can do pretty well with it and that even if things don't go the way you expect you you're fairly certain in your ability to handle it and it works the same way socially you know you've got to keep getting out there and keep trying um in in a smart way which you know we can talk about in a second but you got to keep at it you know it's not instant it's a it's a process and i think a lot of people kind of they fail at this and they they get discouraged because they just have that mindset that it should be instant that they should be able to just switch it on like a light switch and when they're not able to do that they just think oh you know i i can't do this you know it's just not it's not something it's not for me other people can do it but not me mm-hmm. and i think you know a lot of people fail because of that i think you're 100% right um one of the and, and i mean I, like as a dating coach cuz like a, people come and take our class for all kinds of reasons um yeah. but a big part of the a, a big reason for a lot of people is dating and yeah. i think about for example being doing something like being more sexual for example you you can't mm-hmm. um you you don't like creating sexual chemistry is not like creating like it's not like flipping a light switch you it's something i, I usually describe it it's more like you're boiling a pot of hot water and you turn it up and it takes a while for it to kind of begin to get to the point where it boils right so mm-hmm. even once you put the flame on 
um, it slowly begins to heat up. And, okay. um, and, and I think that the same thing is true about uh, kind of being social. Like when somebody goes into, when most people go into a social situation, they feel nervous unless it's people that, unless they know everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. And some people adapt better than other people. But when you're doing it on a regular basis, it's easier um, to kind of warm, like it's easier to warm up. Um, the other thing, I, the other place I see this a lot, and this might not even be the best, um, the best kind of analogy or example, but it was the first thing that popped to my mind. Um, the other, the other example I think of is when like I'll take somebody out and I'll say, okay, I want you to approach that woman across the bar and they mm-hmm. refuse to approach anybody all night. They don't, they won't talk to anybody because, um, for a variety of, of different reasons. But one of the common mm-hmm. ones I'll get is, well, I only want to talk to women that I'm really attracted to. And so they'll walk out or they'll come out. And then when they are asked to, to approach a woman that they're really attracted to, they can't do it because they have been unsocial for the, for the previous 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it builds, right? It's like that. I mean, I, I know, I think I've heard you talk about in the previous podcast, like the, the, the three second rule is, is useful, but at the same time, it, it can help hurt people because they feel like, oh, I didn't approach someone within three seconds, so it's never going to work, which is which is BS, right? But yeah, for sure. You know, but kind of, I, I think the the philosophy behind that is kind of what you're talking about. The longer you let that anxiety build up in you, the harder it becomes to to break out of it. You know, it just it builds up that fear inside of you. And um, that's definitely something that I've dealt with, with with talking to people too, you know, uh, or just trying to help people out with it is that they come up kind of like what, what you're saying. They're, they're coming up with excuses that they're, they're just rationalizing, but really it's, it's the fear of wanting to, you know, not wanting to, to face that rejection. And it, it's funny how anxiety will like, you, you'll, you'll come up with any excuse you can. Like uh, one of the things that, you know, we just talked about introversion and shyness, but sometimes people who are genuinely introverts and, and understand that, you know, an introvert is just someone who more often than not prefers to be alone, you know, they'll, they'll come up with the, the reason that, you know, oh, I'm an introvert. I, you know, I'd rather be alone. I don't really want, I don't need to talk to people. I don't need to get out there. When really, if they were honest with themselves, they do want to get out there, but, you know, they're using that as an excuse to not have to. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely, I see that a lot. I, I know, I know what you, what you mean. And yeah, definitely it can build up. Um, and actually I have a little, I don't know if I'd call it a ninja trick, but something I can share that might help with this too, if you want. I would love that. Okay. It, it, it's something that, I, I mean, I definitely didn't come up with it, but I, I've found it's very useful and it's just the idea of, um, I've heard it called social warming, but really it's just ramping up socially is the way that I describe it. So if you are going out to say a bar or something like that, and you know that you want to be talking to women and that you you know, you're intimidated by that, uh, going along with what you said about waiting so long to jump in instead of doing that, what I tell people to do is to start by, you know, when you're, you're going out for the night, you know, call up some friends on the phone and start talking to some friends that you're really comfortable around and then uh, maybe go to a coffee shop and grab a, a coffee or an espresso and start talking to the, the barista behind the bar or, or behind the, the counter. And then as you're walking into the club, you know, just say hello to the, the bouncer, say hello to the, the bartenders and kind of start chatting with them and really just start talking with people who are easier to talk to, to get your, get your mouth moving, to get your voice working, to get your 
social juices flowing. And then, you know, it's not like you're going from cold, completely ice cold to having to talk to one of the people who you're most intimidated to talk to, you know? So you're just, it's just like working out, right? You don't just, you know, jump into a marathon. You, you stretch out and you, you warm up a little bit first. Yeah, I think that's absolutely awesome advice. And, uh, I mean, it, it's great. And, and it, yeah, it goes back to the same kind of idea we're talking about. You have to, it's so important to, as you just said, stretch out or warm up, um, or get yourself into kind of a, a social, kind of a social place, get your mouth moving, get your, your, uh, yourself kind of like taking up more space, feeling good. And one of the biggest reasons why is because people make a decision on whether or not they're going to talk to you about how you're feeling and mm. your emotions are contagious. So if you're feeling nervous and everybody feels nervous at various, various times, yeah. if you're somebody who feels nervous more than other people, I mean, I mean, know that that's a normal, normal feeling and it's okay to feel nervous. But if you're, um, if you're, you're fear stricken or going through kind of severe anxiety when you're out in a social situation, because you, as you just said, you're talking to somebody that you're very intimidated by whether it's a attractive girl or somebody who's dressed nice or they're maybe they're wearing expensive clothing or they're a guy that like is more a little bit more loud or aggressive who there's all everyone's a little bit different but yeah um when you uh, just just remember that like how you feel people are going to decide whether or not to interact with you or, or talk to you based on how they feel when they're around you and, and they literally will catch your emotions yeah, big time. I think it's called, um, I don't remember where I read it, uh, but it was, uh, the idea of mirror, mirror neurons. For sure. Um, yeah. yeah, mirror neurons is just, it's neurons, you know, in our brain, basically that we pick up on, uh, the emotions of others. You know, like if you were watching, uh, us, the news and they show someone who got tackled and, you know, their, their leg is mangled or something like that, you instantly feel, uh, you know, that weird feeling inside of you, that little tingly, like, Oh God, you, you, you're basically empathizing on a subconscious level with that person. You're, you know, you're picking up it, whether it's subconscious cues or, or whatever, you know, it kind of goes along with what you're saying exactly is that, yeah, we, we pick up on, uh, they call them micro expressions too. You know, your face will, will make little expressions that you can't control and that really you can't, people can't consciously see them. But subconsciously, they pick up on them, and it'll telegraph your inner state. Um, and there's things that people can do, body language, things that can help to kind of make you look more confident. But a lot of people will ask, you know, how do I, how do I appear confident? How do I kind of not let others see that, the, you know, that I'm feeling nervous? And it's like, well, you can kind of mask it to a certain extent, but the real, the real solution is to genuinely work at becoming more confident, you know, and that way all of the cues that you're giving off subconscious and not are going to seem more confident and people are going to respond better. Yeah, I agree. 1000%. I think that's absolutely awesome advice. Let's say that somebody goes out and they work up the courage to approach somebody, start a conversation. Um, what kind of tips do you have for kind of keeping the conversation going or even starting the conversation? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's probably the, the biggest question I get is those two things, you know, starting conversations and, and then how to keep them going. And really, I mean, when I was working on this, that was the biggest 
thing that I had too is because I, I always wondered like what what do I say? What do I talk about, right? And the first tip I would have is it may seem like a, a bit of a cop-out, but it, it really is the main thing, and it's that people need to lower their standards of what they think they need to say. Because it, it goes kind of deep, but, you know, using myself as an example, you know, when I was younger, I was teased and stuff, kids saying stuff like, oh, you're, God, you're lame, you're an idiot, know what's wrong with you, and so, you know, I think I began to, I, I know I began to believe that, right? Oh, something must be wrong with me, right? I, I am lame. And so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think, you know, in one way or another, a lot of people, we all kind of experience that in some way. And so when we, we see someone that we really want to talk to, someone that we're intimidated by, we have all those thoughts running in the back of our head, right? Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm lame. I'm, she's going to think I'm an idiot. He's going to think I'm stupid, whatever. And so somewhere in our twisted thinking, we, we think, oh, we, I have to make up for that fact. I have to make up for the fact that I'm a loser when it's really not a fact at all. You know, it's just broken thinking. You're not a loser, obviously. So you think that you need to say something super impressive or something that's going to make them laugh, you know, to, to get them to like you. And what that does is, you know, it, it makes people sit there and think and think and think, what can I say? What can I say? What can I say? And usually the opportunity passes them by or because they're sitting there in their head so much, much they're, they're building up all this anxiety and all this investment in this interaction that they want to go have. And so a couple things, one, when they actually do go talk to them, all that anxiety is evident in their body language and in their voice. And it, it just, it, it usually, it, it never works out. Right. And just the fact that I, I think people feel they need to have that perfect thing to say or that impressive thing to say, it puts too much performance anxiety on us. And so a lot of times people don't say anything because they're like, they, they shoot down everything they come up to say with. So that's one of the things I tell people is like, work on lowering your standards, work on saying some of the first things that come to your mind when you see someone, you know, what, use the situation around you. What are they wearing? What are they doing? Um, you know, what do you notice about them that you can talk about? What's, what's, um, going on in the situation around you that you both have in common, you know, maybe you're standing in a bank line and the, the line's taking forever. So you're like, man, they're taking pretty long today. Right. And it doesn't have to be, it can be that simple, right? It doesn't have to be spectacular. Really the first thing you say, people probably aren't going to remember it. You know, if you hit it off, it's not going to be like years later, they're going to be like, yeah, I know you, that first thing you said to me, that really sucked. That was just stupid. <laughs> people don't remember that type of stuff. What matters is that you, you say something to get the ball rolling. And really the most important part of starting conversations is it's not that first thing you say, it's what you say to their response. You know, that's, that's really what you focus on. You say something and you listen to what they say and then you respond to that. So, uh, you know, maybe you see someone walking down the street and they have a shirt on that you, that you like. And so, you know, you're just being honest. You go up and say, hey, you know, that's a cool shirt. Where'd you get that? And yeah, sure, sometimes people are not going to say much, but you let those go, right? You can't, you can't control how people respond. But maybe they say, oh, yeah, thanks. I got it from, um, I, I got it from Urban Outfitters. And so that's their response. So what does that bring to mind? What, what pops in your head when they say that? 
maybe you think, oh man, what Urban Outfitters? I've never heard of that. Where is that? Um, or you might think, oh man, yeah, Urban Outfitters. The first time I went there was in New York. That's a cool place. Oh, cool. I need a, I need to go to uh, that place again, or you know, whatever. But the point is, like, you just instead of stressing so much over what to say, you just kind of you you say something that you notice in the moment. Doesn't have to be spectacular, and you really focus on responding to their response and and seeing where things lead from there. It's a wonderful suggestion. One of the things that popped in my mind is uh like having a a real genuine curiosity in people and your environment and when you're asking questions of yourself and uh or asking and and when i'm saying asking questions of yourself i'm not saying like asking yourself like why am i stupid or why am i ugly or why that's not (laughs) that's not what i mean but like when you're you're out in in nature and for you nature might be the new york subway or it might be the uh uh, the street in Tampa or wherever you are, um, the, but having like a genuine curiosity in the people around you and the world and, and asking, um, other people questions either about themselves, what they're wearing, what they're doing, um, or even asking other people questions, other observations about the environment. But that curiosity is so important. Uh, and, uh, like I had heard, I had other people kind of talk about this, but the way that you said it made me think about that. And I, I feel like that's a, a like an important underlying. Uh, yeah. No, like, no, go, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I call it having an, an intention, you know, just what's your intention when you're, you're talking to people. And there's two ways to look at that. I mean, to me, once you've kind of gotten some of the, the basics of improving conversation, basic conversation skills, having a general sense of confidence about yourself, that idea of having an intention becomes much easier in my opinion. But, you know, when you look at people who are really good socially and who are confident, they, um, they're not thinking about, okay, how much, let me use this conversation skill or let me use this technique you know, maybe a little bit, but not, not so much. What they're thinking about is like, Oh, that's a, that's somebody over there. I want to talk to Let me, um, let me just go talk to them and see what happens. You know, let me, let me try and brighten their day. Let me, um, you know, leave them better than, than I, I found them. Let me, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious about what, what they're wearing or what they're doing. You know, I'm just going to go talk and see where it leads, you know? So that, that's their intention. And basically they trust in their, their skills to carry them through. But it all, it just goes back to that intention. It's as simple as that. It, you know, it doesn't have to be much complicated, more, more complicated than that. But of course, you know, the, the way that you can get to that kind of nonchalance is you work at it, just like we were talking about earlier with, with confidence. You know, the more you are curious and the more you try to talk to people out of that curiosity, the better you're going to become at it, the more effortless it's going to become. And yeah, sure, at first you might try it and you're really nervous and people are going to blow you off sometimes. That's just par for the course. That That's just what it takes to get better. You know, you have to kind of push through that. And, you know, I think once you've done that and once you kind of gain that confidence and you start to go out and talk to people more, they're going to, again, they're going to sense that confidence and more often than not, then it's going to start to go better. You know, people are going to, uh, stay there and talk to you more more often than not. People are going to respond uh, positively because of that underlying confidence. But you know, it, it doesn't. It's not something again. You can just switch on. You have to work at it. You have to get there. 
I think you're saying some great things, but I want to play devil's advocate for a second. Okay, yeah, Somebody's yeah. listening to this and they're saying, well, okay, I have a clear intention. Like I see this woman across the bar or on the street and I want to, I want to date her. I want to hook up with her. Uh, or I see somebody across, uh, the room at this mixer or party and I want that person to be my best friend. And so they walk up to him and then they get upset because they don't feel like they're making the type of progress they want as, as quickly as possible. So they get upset. They say, well, wait, I had a clear intention. Um, and it's not going the way that I, I want it. So I like uh, screw these like social situations, screw these dating situations. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bailing. What, what mm-hmm. do you suggest to somebody like that? Uh, a couple of things. Um, the first thing I guess I'd say is that uh, this is something that it, it, it depends on where someone is. This depends on the amount of confidence someone is starting with, the amount of social skills someone is starting with. But in my opinion, you know, a lot of the people that I teach are they're, they're really shy. They're shy in a lot of situations or in some cases they're they're shy just with certain people maybe that's just with attractive women but with everyone else they can talk fairly fairly fine they can do okay or maybe it's just successful people or or whatever the case might be <clears throat> excuse me and what i tell them is don't start with the people you're most intimidated with at least not you know don't go there first um start practicing your skills uh whether that be basic conversation skills or um, you know, whatever the case might be as far as skills that you're, you're trying to learn and get better at, start with people you're already comfortable with. So that might be your friends, that might be your coworkers, it might be your, your classmates if you're in college. Um, practice on those people first and ramp up an intimidation factor. So, you know, let's just take uh, your boss, for example. If you're really intimidated talking to your boss and you want to get better, you want to get to the point where, oh, you know, he and I are kind of joking around and just kind of being a little bit casual like, he does with other people in the office, instead of trying to start by being more casual and stuff with your boss, maybe try and do those things with your own manager more. And then maybe you move up after that to a manager of a different department. And then maybe, you know, go up to one of the other heads of the company or whatever. And then finally work up to, to doing that same thing with your boss. And you can kind of adapt that sort of hierarchy to whoever your most intimidating person is. And what that does is it gives you the chance to practice the skills, practice the the form of the skills um, in a less intimidating place. So you really, you get comfortable with using those skills. You get more confident with using them. You see yourself succeeding using them. And then so when you, you move up to more intimidating people, you have that foundation and it becomes more easy. Does that mean you're going to succeed every time? No, of course not but at least it, it's going to reduce the, the chances of getting rejected. The other thing is um, I look at it, I talk about the mindset of fishing a lot, and it goes along with what you're saying, and it's that you want to look at being social like fishing in that instead of hunting. You know, if you think of hunting, you know, a hunter, I guess if I'm talking about like caveman hunting, right, they went out, with a spear, right? And they're chasing, they're, they're chasing behind the prey. They're running after the prey and they're hiding and they, they have to throw that spear and hit that prey. And if they miss it, then all of that energy was expended for nothing. You know, they're, they're really putting a lot of investment into that, that hunt. But if you look at fishing, fishing is just someone with a pole. They're 
kicked back in a chair. Maybe they're drinking a beer. They're you know, bobbing the line up and down, and they're waiting for bites. And when that bite kind of nibbles on the, the line, that's when they, they jerk the line and they, they hook the, the fish. So you want to consider being social like fishing. You know, if, if you were hunting, you're, you're going after that one person. You know, it's like you're putting all of your, your hopes and, and dreams into this one interaction going great. Oh, God, I got to make this go great with this one person. It's very, it's needy, you know, and it, of course, needy is a very low value quality. And that's going to be one of the things that makes people brush you off more often than not. But if you take that idea of fishing, you know, you're just, you're testing for interest with people. You're just, you know, say, hey, how's it going? Uh, oh, I like that shirt. Or, uh, oh, yeah, this is this is cool. Did you see what happened over there? And, you know, you just, you're starting casual conversations with people and you're seeing if those people take that conversational bait. If they don't, hey, it's fine. You know, you've got plenty of other people to try with. And if they do, then great. You know, you, you, you move it forward. They're interested in a conversation. You know, some people just aren't ready for a conversation. They, they for whatever reason, out of your control, they're not going to respond well. So my advice is just, yeah, just think of it as throwing out bait and testing for interest. If someone takes the bait, great, awesome. If not, no big deal either, you know. Dating coach Chris Luna here. This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchrisman.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website, Craft Charisma Live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. I actually really like that analogy. I thought of, as you were saying it, explaining it, I thought about um, when I was a kid, I would fish both with bait on bobbers and I would also fish with lures. Yeah. And for those of you who are city slickers who never have fished with lures, basically you cast out, you put this kind of like shiny, glittery thing, <laughs> metal thing on the end of a, a, a the, the, your fishing line, and then you cast it out, and then you reel it in, and it looks like like a, a small fish um, or even an injured fish. It's kind of swimming through the water, and so bigger fish will bite it. And uh, and so what you do is you cast it out, and then you reel it in. And then you cast it out and you reel it in, you cast it and you reel, you reel it in and you'll get bites and every once in a while you'll get a fish. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, uh, starting conversations, uh, approaching strangers, starting conversations is a lot like fishing with lures. You're, you cat, each person you talk to, you're casting out each kind of the observation you make or each question you ask, you're catching out and you're seeing what hooks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same, same idea. It's funny because when you were saying that, I thought you were going to go a different direction with it too. I thought you were going to say, um, you know, the, the fact that the lure is flashy, right? It, it catches attention, which uh, that could work too. You know, sometimes I'll wear a shirt that has a funny saying on it or, uh, you know, I've heard, I think 
have you ever heard of Lil Lowndes? Yeah. Lil, Lil, yeah, she yeah. lives here in New York. Yeah, yeah. She's a um, you know, world renowned, world known conversation expert. And she I think she calls it what's it's, you know, like what's that? What what's that you're wearing there? You know, just just things that'll start up basically they're conversation starters, but they're things that you wear, like whether it be jewelry or a shirt or whatever, you know. So uh, there's all kind of places we can take that analogy. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's great. Uh, a great example. I mean, and the extreme, the, the extreme, um, the extreme example of this is like Lady Gaga, right? When she wears yeah. these <laughs> kind of outrageous outfits, they are intentionally kind of designed to get people in a room's attention exactly. and, uh, and get people talking about talk, trying to talk to her or talk about her, <clears> and to get the media to try to talk to her or about her and. Uh, it's it's like a fairly effective strategy. Most of you are probably not going to dress like uh, in a meat dress, but um, <laughs> but the but she I mean she kind of takes it to an extreme and does it in in a very very effective way, and it's kind of sky, helped to skyrocket uh, her career and turn her into this kind of like art fashion um, kind of icon. Uh, but on a, on a much less uh, scale, just yeah, wearing something like a necklace or a hat and. And here's a tip for guys who are listening to this. When you go out into uh, a bar or club or into the single scene and you notice that women have a little more or a few more accessories than, uh, than normal, some girls just dress like that, but oftentimes women will do this uh, for the same reason you will um, wear a, like a, a hat and you might not normally wear a hat or a necklace. Like They're out on the prowl. And, uh, and, and there's these little, as you kind of get, become more socially attuned and, and you get better at kind of being out of your head and in the moment, you'll pick up these things. You'll notice that, okay, like, um, this girl, um, you, you'll pick up things like sense and, and think about yourself. Like you put on your clone and you're like, okay, I'm going to do extra, uh, I'm going to go like extra further today or whatever. I'm going to be like extra prepared. So you give yourself an extra two squirts. And so <laughs> like, you, I mean, that's a lot of, if you're wearing, uh, like nicer cologne that's um, more concentrated. That's a lot of extra scent. And girls it's do like the, five bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> g- girls, girls do the same things. Yeah, girls do the exact, the exact same things. They put on one too many kind of necklace. One more. I don't like to say one too many, but one more necklace than they really need to, or like a couple too too many rings, or one too many uh, uh, squirts of perfume or whatever. But um, you pick these things up. They're, they're attempts to um, to garner attention. And uh, some people just like attention for the sake of, of, of getting attention. But a lot of times people are looking to meet somebody or they want someone to start a conversation with them or they want yeah. people to approach them. So these are things to be on the lookout for. Yeah. And it's actually that there's a, um, <clears throat> a kind of an objection or something that I always hear is that, you know, people have heard that before that, you know, hey, people want you to talk to them. And a lot of people will come back to me and say, oh, that's, that's BS. People don't want me to talk to them because when I try, it doesn't go well. And it, it kind of goes back to everything I was saying about confidence. The more confident you are in approaching someone, the more okay you are with approaching them, the more okay they're going to be with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in my experience, and Chris, I'm sure in your experience too, you know, people are open to being approached. You know, at first they might be a little wary, but, you know, because they're like, what does this person want? But when they can tell that you're just kind of laid back and confident and, you know, that you're just kind of being social and friendly, they, they usually just go along with it. And that's, you know, going back to intention, that's something that 
I think holds some people back is that they don't think, and it held me back, is that I didn't think it was okay to just be social and friendly, you know, just to, to talk to people and say, hey, and, you know, I was like, oh, I got to have a reason or I got to have a, you know, it needs to be really good for me to be able to do that. But no, man, I mean, people, we're a social species, you know, we, it's okay to just say hey to someone because you want to. Forget about what, if they want to talk to you or not, you want to talk to them. And that's what's important. It's funny. When I, when I first moved to New York uh, and I started coaching, and this is a while back, I was having people just walk up and interrupt people and just take over the conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and there's definitely a strategy to it. You, if you're going to walk into somebody's space and you interrupt them and uh, you ask them a question as opposed to kind of walking up, approaching over uh, a person's shoulder, or there's all these like other different strategies. Yeah, um, yeah. But when I first started teaching, just walk up, you interrupt somebody, but you, you do have to be paying attention to like, how f- close are you into their personal space? Mm-hmm. You can enter their personal space. You take, sp- uh, take a step back. Like, uh, how are you kind of making eye contact position the relation the group? There's all these like kind of other variables that mm-hmm. you need to be slightly more uh, socially kind of, uh, uh, in tune to. And, uh, but when I started doing it, people are like, Oh, I can't do that. Like I can't just walk up and interrupt people. And they realized like very quickly because it became kind of like the social norm for, um, all the guys who were kind of coaching in, in New York city, um, that like, actually you can, you can do this. Um, but it, it's, it's just silly. Like you, you're, you're absolutely right. Wanting to talk to somebody is a reason in itself to start a conversation. Yeah, um, definitely. But it, it did actually make me think of one kind of story that I'll use when I'm coaching that I don't think I've ever said on on one of these interviews. And and that's the idea of a compliment. When I first started trying to learn this stuff, people would say, well, you shouldn't compliment other people. And uh, the reason why you shouldn't compliment other people is because um, it puts you at kind of in this low value situation. And like when I say low value, it means that like if you were to kind of look at, um, if you were to think about yourself in relation to them, like you're, you're seeking their validation. If you're seeking their validation too much, then they're going to, um, they're going to kind of reject you or pick up on it or, um, they're just not going to talk to you. And, and one of the, and I thought I heard that and I was like, this is stupid. And, mm-hmm. and, and the story that I often tell, is I'll say, okay, I want you to imagine that you, like I'll look for somebody in the room who has a nice watch and I'll say, okay, I, like you have a great watch. I like your watch. I want you to imagine mm-hmm. that you're walking down the street in New York City and a homeless man stops you and says, I like your watch. <laughs> what are you going to think? And every once in a while, you'll get a guy who'll say, oh, I, he'll, I'll assume that he likes, he likes my watch. The vast majority of the time, the people I ask this to will tell me, I'll assume that he wants my watch. Right. And so they'll assume that he want that they want and that the guy wants his watch, that he wants something from him and they will feel threatened. Um, especially if it's somebody who's poor and they feel like, okay, I have money. This guy's poor. He wants my watch because he's compliment or he, he complimented me on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I say, okay, well now I want to use another example. I want you to imagine the president of the United States or some billionaire, uh, you're at a party with him or even walking down the street and he stops you, you recognize him, and he says, I want you to know, I, I love your watch. What are you going to think? And, and they always say, well, I would assume that he or she likes my watch. Yeah. And I said, well, why, why would you assume that? And they said, well, because they're in a position that they could buy their own. And, and it, it's kind of, it, it's interesting because it's, the, it, it says a lot about the perception 
the, the, uh, the, the way that we think about other people and the perceptions that we have. And oftentimes I'll, I'll tell people, I'm like, what's the moral of the story? And they're like, what? I'm like, don't be a bum. But no, <laughs> but, but like, I mean that not in, in like a literal way. I mean that kind of, kind of in a more emotional way. Um, yeah. if you go into a situation and people feel like you want something from them, they're going to run. If you go mm-hmm. into a situation and you people feel like you're giving something of them or, or give, giving something to them, like it's a genuine, in the example of a compliment, it's a genuine compliment, um, then they're going to appreciate it. It's yeah. going to make them feel good. Yeah. And I, it's, it's a subtle, it's a subtle line, I think, because, um, I used to have trouble with that concept. Just, okay. You know, I, not that I, I didn't want to compliment people, but it's like, okay, I want to compliment this person, but I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to be needy when I do it. I just want to do it, compliment them. But in the back of my mind, I, I really did want to compliment them because I wanted them to like me, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's a hard thing to just, um, I guess to intellectualize or I don't even know that's a word, but just to know intellectually the, the, one of the exercises I get people to do, um, to kind of get that, that attitude of giving and that attitude of, um, you know, not needing anything in return really is I, I tell people to go, whether it's, you know, in a, in a mall or on the street, if it's a, a big city, just go and see someone that you, you like something about them, whatever it might be. It could be a watch, it could be what they're wearing, it could just be their hair, whatever it is. And just really go and give them a compliment. And then basically, you know, you, you leave and not rudely. So like maybe you, you see someone, we'll go back to the shirt. Oh, man, I really like your shirt. Where'd you get it? Yada, yada. Oh, that's cool. You know, well, hey, look, I got I to gotta get out of here. I got to go um, head to Sears. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to compliment you on the shirt. It's really cool. So, you know, the, the fact that you know you're just going to compliment them and leave. I call it drive-by compliments, by the way. <laughs> but the fact that, the fact you know you're going to compliment them and, and leave, it, it helps you to do it because you know you have that immediate out. <clears throat> but it also just gives gets people in the, in the habit of... Um, complimenting people without expecting anything in return. Mm. And that's really one of the ways that I think if people practice that, they're going to internalize this idea that we're talking about that, you know, yeah, you can give compliments um, and it's not a bad thing. And really people are going to take it better when they can sense that you're not expecting anything in return, genuinely not expecting anything in return that you're just giving and you have a lot to give that there's, you know, it's kind of the abundance mentality, you know? Mm. I think it's great. I usually don't like to talk a lot about current events on these things because dates them and I kind of want them to last on their own forever. But recently (laughs) over the last few days, Robin Williams passed away. And as you were talking about that, it made me think about just his energy. That guy was so vibrant. He obviously was struggling with some stuff internally, but you can see how many people that guy made feel better. Mm-hmm. I think people a long, long, long time from now, there's a lot of comedians who will come and go. And my instinct is that he will live for a long time because he affected so many people emotionally. And it's yeah. just, just when you walk, like anytime he walked into a room and like you're sitting on a TV, uh, behind a TV screen on the other side of the world or, um, so like watching him on a, on a movie screen, his energy was so contagious. He just gave and gave and gave and gave. And, and, um, I don't really know what that had on the rest of like other effects had the rest on his kind of emotional health, but it made all of us addicted to him. Yeah. 
um, yeah, it made it all does. it made all of us fix it to him. So like, uh, but even this, some of the things that you're talking about, it made me think when you kind of give, you're open, you are going in. I mean, it's important to have. We talked about intention. It's important to have like an intention, not in, in every aspect of your life, but also at the same time, not to be kind of hung up on uh, whether you're you're whether or not you're reaching your like intention on a predetermined clock or mm-hmm. whether or not um like you always get your way it's it's not really like it's not really like life about that you can't control other people you can only kind of control yourself yeah but it just kind of made me made me think about uh made me think about that how about how about ideas on just kind of how do you how do you end a conversation right so like let's say somebody's in a conversation it seems to be going uh, very well. What tips do you have for kind of leaving? Because I know a lot of people have fears or anxieties about making things awkward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To me, I mean, the main two principles of it are um, honesty and, and graciousness, really. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, if you have somewhere to be, you know, just you just let somebody know that it's like, hey, you know, um, the graciousness part of it is just expressing how good it was to talk to them. You know, look, hey, it's been it's been great talking with you, man. I, I had a good time. You know, we, we talked about some fun stuff, but look, I, I, I need to go up. I'm supposed to be meeting some friends in about 10 minutes. Um, so I got to head out. Uh, you know, so that, that kind of sentiment, right? You know, you're just, you're telling them that you need to leave, um, but you're still expressing the fact that you enjoy the conversation. Um, the other thing that, that I found, I, and it took me a while to start telling people to do this because I did it naturally and I, I just didn't even think about it. But it's just kind of recall something from what you were you were talking about um, as you're leaving. So, you know, maybe you were talking to someone about they they were talking about this test they're really stressed out about that they're about to take. It's like you know, hey, well, look, man, good luck on that test. I I, I know you're going to rock it. Or um, if you're talking about their vacation or a vacation spot you both love, and it's, you can just say something about that. You know, it's like hey. Um, uh, it was it was good uh, reminiscing about Buenos Aires, man. I, I I don't know many people that have visited there, so you know it was fun talking about that with you. So you're just kind of bringing back up what you talked about, you know, as you're as you're saying goodbye, as you're saying that you're you're going to head out. And um, the other thing I mean is don't be afraid to to suggest you know meeting up another time, especially if you talked about something that was really interesting to both of you. I mean, that's a perfect excuse to be like, Hey, we need to, we need to meet up again and talk some more about traveling, man. Like, it seems like you've been to some places I've been, uh, we need to compare notes, you know, compare what we enjoy, what we, what places not to go, you know, and just, um, suggest exchange numbers. Uh, and this can be, you know, men, men with other men, women with other women, you know, men with women and vice versa. It, you know, it doesn't matter. You just, I think one of the easiest ways to get someone's contact information is just to suggest an exchange. Like, hey, you know, give me your number. I'll give you mine. And uh, to me, that's more, that's a, a more non-needy way to do it because it's not just like, oh, hey, give me your number. It's, you're kind of, you're asking them to get your number too. So it's, it's kind of more even, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up, but it, se- it seems like it's less needy to me in my mind. And it's always worked well for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, conversation, it, it, ending a conversation, it's, it's more just being real, just telling them, look, this is, even if you're saying, hey, look, um, even if you don't have somewhere to be, you can be, look, uh, it's good talking to you, but I got some other, I need to mingle around a little bit, you know, talk to some other people, but uh, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit later. So, you know, I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. Okay. 
and yeah, it's just being honest and, and being gracious about the conversation that you had, maybe recalling something from the conversation. That's great advice. There are so many just imaginary things that we believe are, are, are like kind of, I don't even know what the right word is, but they're not just real, but they are, um, like they're immovable. Uh, and I'll use a couple examples. Like for example, when somebody, like I've coached people when we've gone out and, and there's a group of people sitting down and they think, well, this person, this group is sitting down. They're never going to get up. Well, they sat down at some point and they are <laughs> going to get up. Like that's guaranteed because the club <laughs> is going to kick them out or the bar is going to click them out or the <laughs> restaurant is going to kick them out. That's guaranteed whether, and so whether it's the yeah. owner or the manager or because they have to go to the bathroom or grab a drink or they're going to go somewhere else or another friend shows up or because they start talking to you, they're going to move. And they're going to get up. So what is going to be that catalyst? But people believe that, um, that this thing, like, because they're sitting down, they'll, they're never going to, they're never going to move. Or when they approach a group that they, um, that they, they, or they approach a group that they can't interrupt a conversation. Or as you just said, like they want to leave a, com- uh, leave a group, um, that they have to, like they, once they're in the interaction, they can't ever leave. Otherwise they know that they have to leave, but they feel like they, there's like this, like imaginary, they're like, they're in this imaginary kind of force field now where they can't, if they, if they were to leave at the wrong time, they're going to get zapped (laughs) (laughs) and you don't even really need an excuse, excuse. I mean, you can use one. Um, but you can leave just like you can approach a conversation for any reason. You can kind of leave a conversation for any reason as well. And, yeah. and even if you don't really have a reason, you just say like, I gotta go. I mean, I guess that's yeah. kind of a reason. Um, but you don't have to explain yourself. So, uh, or I'm going to mix around and talk to other people. I gotta use the bathroom. Um, and, but I think your tips about kind of getting the phone number are really important because if somebody is talking to you, like talking to you now, there, there there's a very high probability that they'll, they'll continue to talk to you in the future. And especially from a dating perspective, I see a lot of people are just scared to take that one interaction and move it from this moment in time to a moment in the future. And Mm -hmm. in order to do that, you could get lucky and run into the person on the street or the next time you're out or at some mixer event. Um, But more than likely, uh, especially like in a city like like I live in New York, but in yeah. larger cities or people are traveling, it just won't happen. So it's important that you ask for that, that information. Um, so that way you have a bridge from that moment of time to some moment in the future where you can see them or talk to them. Uh, um, again, so you can cultivate some type of relationship, whether it's intimate or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in like, um, I mean, dating is definitely, I mean, obviously you, you're much more the expert on dating than, than I am, but I mean, uh, when you're out in a, a club, like you're saying, yeah, you might never see that person again. So, I mean, Hey, if depending the, the right time to ask for the number, maybe it's a little bit different sometimes in sort of a romantic or sexual situation than just hanging out with people being friendly. But I mean, the, if you ask and it doesn't go anywhere that maybe the girl just has a rule in her head. Like, you know, I don't give my number out to guys that I just met, you know, which is kind of probably a BS excuse that they don't probably follow that anyway. But you know, it's, it's like, so what they, she didn't give you your number, you know, the next girl might. So it's, it's kind of the thing of just putting it out there. And, and I mean, it, 
it sounds kind of lame, but it's, it still is kind of a numbers game, you know. Um, Babe Ruth was one of the all-time uh, leaders in home runs, but he was also one of the leaders in being, striking out too, right? So it's just one of those things where um, if they don't give it, you, you their number, then, you know, hey, no big deal. If they do, then cool, you got, you got someone's number and maybe it'll lead somewhere. It's really, I mean, I don't make it seem to want to make it seem easy or, or simplistic, but the more I think people have that mindset, the, the more people are going to respond well to them. Because, again, it goes back to everything we've been saying. People can tell when you genuinely, you have that attitude of, hey, this is me. You can take it or leave it. And if you leave it, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I'll often ask time, I'll, I'll often, ugh, I can't speak. I will often <laughs> ask people, like, if you, when was the last time you met somebody who was really cool, who you had a, a conversation with, uh, they seemed like a, like a great person, you had a lot in common, and you weren't willing to see them again? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it doesn't happen. And the same thing is true on the other end of the, the, uh, the other end of the conversation. Like if you, uh, I'll, I'll have to tell people, sometimes I get guys who are kind of being too overtly sexual and, mm-hmm. and, and people go through our program, get really, really good at dating. Um, but I'll have to tell people in certain circumstances, Hey, you need to tone it down. Like, I just want you to be able to walk into the room and talk to anybody. And if you can, yeah. t- cause if you can talk to anybody, I can give you, the foundations for um, for being successful. Otherwise, it's sh- sheer numbers. So you're just going to have to. It's always numbers. Like, but the question is, are you approaching a hundred people in order to to get a day or move things intimately, or are you approaching three or four? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. and one is significantly more efficient, <laughs> um, <laughs> and will probably have less like kind of so- severe long term social kind of consequences. Um, but that kind of leads to the next question. Uh, what, what do you, and any tips for kind of cultivating better, stronger friendships? Yeah, uh, the, the main two, well, two or three things that uh, are, are the foundation of building a friendship is one is, is commonalities, and the other is really just time and, and shared experiences, and those two are kind of linked. But uh, people who, like you said, you have something in common, it's much more likely you're going to, want to form a friendship with you just because we're more comfortable around things that we we understand and that we can relate to. I mean, it's just part of, of human nature. And it sounds obvious when we say it, but in practice, I think people forget that. So <clears throat> one of the things is you, you, I mean, if you're starting from scratch, if you don't have any friends or someone who wants to make more friends, one of the easiest ways is obviously, hey, look for places where there's going to likely be people who like the same things as you. So maybe that's interest groups, maybe that's, um, you know, at a, a Yankees game, you know, whatever the case might be, who are the people that are going to likely have interests that you have and start going to those places more often and talking to those people. And that's one obvious way to, to start making more friends. Um, the other one is really just spending more time with people. Um, that just, just repeat exposure is one of the main things that will grow a friendship because it starts to build trust and you start to rack up shared experiences with those people. And the ideal situation is that you're going to have something in common with people and you, you, you spend time with them. But I think especially when people are younger, like I remember when I was younger, I, I didn't know, I had ideas of my, my preferences and things, but I didn't know, you know, my values and what I believed in, in certain things. You know, I was still finding myself even into my late twenties. Right. 
and I'm, I'm, you know, mid thirties now, but when I was that age, I think the thing that formed friendships with other people more than commonalities was just being in the same situation with them often. So maybe that was, uh, you know, I worked on cruise ships for five years and my um, department, we were a very close knit department. We did everything together. And even if, you know, we didn't have anything in common, just the fact that we had so many shared experiences we can look back on together, that caused us to bond more and to feel closer to each other. So one thing I recommend for people to do is just, you know, start, I mean, the simplest, simplest way is just saying yes more often, saying yes to social opportunities, saying yes to going out with people and hanging out with people. And then when you see them again, bring those things back up, you know, remind them, it's like, Hey, remember, you know, that other weekend we were out and such and such happened. And so you're just kind of bringing back to mind the things that you've already shared. And to me, that's one of the things that, that speeds up um, the bonding process. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's actually, and it does have, um, it does have an effect on dating too. And there's a, a term called propinquity. Okay. And it's like another one of those like four or five dollar words, but um, <laughs> it refers to kind of physical, psychological um, proximity between people. Mm-hmm. And essentially that people that are that are in the same either have things that are similar psychologically or emotionally, whatever you have commonalities or um, they're in a similar place physically will start to build bonds. Yeah. And so yeah. there's this is like not just kind of like uh, an observation that you're making made um this is an observation that is like very established in social psychology so yeah. uh, it's important i've heard it is that the mere exposure effect i guess is kind of similar uh but basically what you said i mean the more you're around not just people but the more you're around anything the more habituated to it you become and the more comfortable you become around it yeah i mean type I, of thing. one of one of like the classic examples i think about is and and, and it's an experience that a lot of people had you're in a class or you're in some group with somebody you've never talked to. Mm-hmm. And then at some point in the future, you end up at an awkward, well, it's an awkward situation, situation where you don't know anybody except for this person who you've never met, but mm-hmm. is also in this other group, uh, group with you. And you immediately not only bond, but suddenly have all these like, things in common when in reality you've never talked to the person before or yeah. may, maybe said hello. But I mean, the, the classic example is you've never talked to anybody about anything ever. They just have been in the same room with you multiple times. And then when you go into an environment where you don't know anybody, the two of you immediately, um, yeah. immediately connect. The familiar stranger. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting kind of idea to think about. I know we're just about over on time. Uh, there's kind of one more question I want yeah, to sure. ask you. How do you deal with people who are difficult or hard to talk to? When you say diff- like, what do you mean when you say difficult to talk to? Like um, that they're kind of they're they're harsh people, or that it's someone that you know that that person might be intimidated by the person that wants to talk to them. We're intimidated by them. Yeah, I, I think that there's multiple kind of directions okay. that they could go, right? It could be somebody, and maybe the answer is different for each, or maybe there's a universal answer. Uh, but it could be somebody that is difficult for the person to talk to. Um, it could be, and I guess we kind of discussed that a little bit. It could be somebody who um, they're difficult because they're intimidated by them, which I guess we kind of discussed. It could be somebody who is... Um, like reluctant to talk to them, 
right? Okay. Maybe they uh, can't find something immediately in common with them or they can't think of something that they have immediately in common. I guess it could be the same example as the first, mm-hmm. but, uh, or maybe the people are, are reluctant, right? They're reluctant. Okay. Sometimes you'll see that with people, other people who are shy and just because, and this is kind of an important thing to understand just because somebody is good looking or buff or has money or whatever, we kind of get these like images that they act or are a certain way. And that, just because of the way that they look doesn't really say anything about who like their level yeah. doesn't always say, say is not always an accurate representation of their level of confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe the people are, are shy. I, I I don't really know. Just people who are just kind of, I guess they're just, I'm, I'm asking for kind of additional tips for kind of talking to people who are just a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, first of all, the, I mean, just to go a little bit, deep on it uh, briefly, you know, a, a common question that I get is, you know, why I can talk fine with my friends. I can talk fine with, um, you know, some of the guys at work, but, uh, you know, I can't talk fine when I, I see this attractive girl or this attractive guy that I want to talk to or, you know, my boss and they, it's people, it really bugs them. It's like, why can I do fine in this one situation and not the other? And really it all comes down to, to value. It comes down to, um, you know, social value and how, how much value you, you see that person is having. So, you know, you, you want, it comes down to wanting approval from them, really, you know, you, you see them as higher value. So you want their approval more. And the fact that you want their approval more means you're going to be more anxious and nervous around them and think you have to say impressive things to get them to like you and, and all these things. And, I think that's what trips a lot of a lot of people up is just that those high expectations in their mind of, of what they need to do, and um, some of the stuff we talked about before. You're right; it does play into it. Like the more anxious you are, the more they're going to see that, and the more likely they're going to be reluctant because, and, and more likely they are going to brush you off because the the value thing works for them too. You know, if you, if you imagine. Imagine you were walking through uh, Central Park and um, you sit on a bench, you know, in the park and an old lady walks up and sits on the bench next to you and she kind of turns to you and smiles and she opens up her newspaper and starts reading. So, you know, those of you listening, imagine that situation. Now, imagine the same situation. You're, you're walking through a park and you sit down and instead of the old lady, it's a smoking hot attractive woman who sits next to you and she turns to you and smiles and well she probably doesn't read a newspaper she probably flips through her phone right so imagine that situation out of those two who would it be easier for you to just turn to and say hey how's it going to start a conversation with and most people are probably going to say the old lady and the reason why is because you don't want you don't want uh, her approval as much you don't need her approval as much the younger uh, more attractive person's approval means more to you. And the same thing happens for people who we might consider high value, attractive people, successful people. They also are more interested in the approval from high value people. So long story short on this, the the more you can develop your confidence, the more you can get out there and push through and, you know, maybe start ramping up from less intimidating people to more intimidating people and just getting comfortable approaching people, the more you're going to have that confidence and the more despite your looks, despite 
if you're wealthy or not, despite if you have a lot of charm, that confidence is going to level the playing field a lot and they are going to be more willing to talk to you. So that's kind of like the big picture answer. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one is, you know, doing what you can to, you know, kind of the simple things like your grooming and your body posture, you know, just having good body posture, having good eye contact. Those are things that are simple and it's probably things a lot of people have heard before, but a lot of people just don't do them, even though they've heard them before. But they can have a big impact on how people, how people you know, see you and how people um, respond to you. And as far as stuff to say um, and do, I mean, if we're talking about maybe a little ninja trick or something that's, that I've found really useful, it's, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier when you were talking about um, breaking into groups of people who are already talking. But it's the idea of sort of your body positioning. Um, so like if you see someone standing at a bar or wherever they might be, instead of just going up and directly facing them, like, you know, if your body is completely squarely facing them, um, because what that, it, that's more of a needy posture, right? Just like, wow, this person really wants my attention right now. You know, they really care about, you know, me responding to them. Instead of doing that just kind of, you can go in a little bit at an angle. I believe a lot of people call it over the shoulder talking or something like that. But just to where you're not directly facing them, but you're still talking to them, it's, it's more of a nonchalant confidence stance. You're like, you know, hey, I just happened to be walking by, thought I'd talk to you type of attitude in your mind, you know. And um, it, it doesn't come off like you're desperately wanting them or needing them to respond to you. So it's more of a subconscious thing. But, uh, you know, that, that's helped me a lot is just... Uh, not being so direct in my approach physically, I guess, at first. That's an important point. Essentially, the idea, and I talked about earlier, how do you walk up and just, I, I, I was telling people to just kind of walk up and interrupt them and, and take over the conversation. But the reality is, even in those situations, is that you have to be really aware of how you're entering their space, mm-hmm. how how close are you in their space. And, and there's like there's there's like a magic to, to doing it. And that you have to be socially in tune to. But the reality is whoever has the most attention has the, the highest kind of perceived social value. And so I use the example of Lady Gaga now. She dresses crazy to get everyone to walk in the room. But you think about the president of the United States, the same thing is true for the president of the United States when he walks in the room, everyone kind of faces them. But even in an interaction, because they, they face them because they're like, oh my God, it's the president, um, generally. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, when you're in an interaction with somebody, like if, if there's somebody standing there and they're turned away and you're facing them, then the perception is that they have, uh, between the two of you and even to people who are observing, and you don't really need to worry too much about what people, like I don't want people to get in their heads and start thinking about the way that, all, making all their choices about what the way that people think, uh, the way that they, they think they're being perceived in the room. But yeah. to the person that you're interacting with, um, the fact that they're turned away and you're facing them, you're giving them all your attention. They're only giving you, they're, they're facing another direction. So they're only giving you part of their attention, yeah. like communicates that you are kind of not on the same level. And, yeah, uh, exactly. and so you one of a general, like, as you said, ninja trick is I always tell people only give them as much attention, uh, uh, rapport as they're giving you. So mm-hmm. if they're facing you, face them. If they're turned away, then turn away uh, at the kind of same angle in a mm-hmm. different direction. 
and, mm-hmm. and try to talk to them. And you only, especially early in the interaction, later on, you don't have to worry about the stuff as much. But when you start a conversation, yeah. um, that's kind of a, a, a little ninja trick. I, I have to wrap, just about wrap this up. Any last tips, suggestions, ideas for people who are listening? Um, I mean, uh, we talked about a good bit. The only, I mean, you mentioned a lot about, uh, you talked about friendship and how to develop friendships. One other thing I wanted to add is um, just vulnerability, you know, just not being afraid to, people often think I always have to be positive. I always have to be upbeat and chipper. And yeah, sure, you, you know, especially when you're just meeting people and in a more high energy environment, like going out and stuff to maybe a, a bar or whatnot, you do need to be a little bit more high energy or, or else you're probably not going to get noticed and people go out to have fun. So if you're not, if they see you as someone who's not fun or just not um, on their energy level, you know, it's probably not going to, they're not, you're not going to get on their radar, but in more normal situations and even in the bar and club, you know, it's, it's okay to express that, you know, not everything's not terrific all the time. You know, we're all human beings and we all have our, our rough spots and we have our weaknesses and we have our, our flaws and things like that. And one of the things I tell people to do is, you know, express those things every now and then, not all the time, not constantly, but pepper in the fact that, oh man, I'm always late. You know, I, I got to work on my punctuality, man. I'm just not, <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not on time hardly ever. Uh, and I know I need to work at it or, um, God, I, I'm really afraid that at the end of my life, you know, I'm, I'm going to look back and have regrets that I, I didn't, uh, I didn't live my life the way I wanted to live it, you know? So just little cracks into who you really are. It's going to get other people to let their guard down because they're going to say, Oh, okay, well, wow, this person's totally fine with being real. So if I'm real, they're probably not going to judge me. And so they're more likely to reciprocate and be, be more down to earth and be open to, and that's something that can really cause bonding very fast. This is absolutely awesome. Um, I think you've had some kind of really great advice. I want to thank you, Dean, for taking the time to talk to me. I got to wrap this up. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And if you're listening, you want to learn more about Dean, the different things that he's doing, his coaching. Um, like, just, I mean, he's got, got got all kinds of things going on. But if you want to learn more about him, I'm going to post some descriptions in the podcast and on the Craft Christmas website so you can find out about him more easily. Thank you again for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's dating coach Chris Thona here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, Go to the Craft Christmas website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.